Okay. Hey, Chris, welcome. Yes. Welcome. Yeah, Chris. Good, good to see you. see you again. Yeah, good to see you again, brother. It's been a while, but yeah, it's been a while. It's sunny here, shining in Stockholm, actually. You can yeah. see it's in the office, and the sun is reflecting directly. I had to put on the otherwise I would be struggling with my... <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I heard it's it beautiful in Sweden. I need to come and check it out one of these days. Beautiful place. Lovely yeah. Lovely people. And when it's, when it's warm here during the summer, we have the best time in Sweden. Because yeah, uh, it's a place where you have a lot of uh, celebrities flying to. And I'm just living in the center, the heart of Sweden, which is the capital and the capital of the whole Scandinavian Stockholm. Stockholm is? Is the capital of the whole Scandinavia. Put all the Scandinavia, all of Scandinavia. together. Yeah. Wow, wow. That's cool. No, I need to check it out, man. I need to check it out. Um, yeah, man. Just uh wanted to find out for me. I know, you know, like when I met at the time, I when we met, I think you were playing for guys in Sweden. Yeah, but I think a lot of times people see Nigerian players in, in Europe doing well, like yourself. You had a pretty good career. But what what was um your experience? Because I know you played for Burger in Lagos and uh, how what was the experience at Berger and then how did you how did you then transition from Berger to to uh Italy at the time? Actually I I started with Judas Berger feeders and um, uh, in the 90s actually and um Berger as as the as the A team in, in general they were they were one of the richest teams then sponsored by Judas Baker company. And so the, the sponsorship was coming directly from Germany. It was a team that was very robust when you come to financial aspect of it. So they, uh, it was a, it's actually a, a rosy uh, period. And so the facilities in the in Baker yard, the training pitch, you know, the dressing room, the, the shower room, everything was top class, was class. And so they decided to get a yoga uh, feeders team and to follow the to follow the European uh, uh, method, you may say. And so they they, they, they got about 300 to 300 to 400 young kids came together and they did screening. And so we all we were from the very day one until the final screening. So at the end of the day, we got to 25 players. And so those 25 players started the feeders team. And that was the first time Los Vega had a feeders team in history. And so I was part of those feeders team. And the feeders team, to be very honest, was an extraordinary feeders team. The potential feeder team was top class. Because we were young, and this young group of players were players that were supposed to actually be playing in professional teams. But because everybody wanted to get connected to the European team, you understand what I mean? Yeah. And also the team that is well organized because then Jodega was the top team in, in, in Nigeria. So we all suddenly find ourselves today. And I remember those days we used to play friendly games every time with our A team, every Thursday. But by the time we we, we were we played the first we played the first time, the second time, by the time we were able to play, by the time we were able to play the fourth or fifth game. 
they have to stop it because we were actually uh, troubling our eighteen, and then we make it easy for them. <laughs> and so, and I remember those older guys. They would come if you come near my child, you understand those words. You know, so they they threaten us, and the game had to stop because the coach was actually trying to fix those games so that we can. Uh, the team can score a lot of goals against us and they can use us to practice their tactics but it wasn't working we were rather having given them problems so it became a problem to them and and at the end of the day it, it stopped so later on we won the Oba cup for the first time in history a young team philaston won an Oba cup in lagos which was a very important cup in, in lagos and some of us were promoted to the a team and that was when that was when I actually left the team because I want to play national team in Nigeria. So uh, they forced me to sign. I refused to sign and let Chief Dema order them to stop me from training. And so I had to leave Chief Dema. I see. So how how did you play with uh, Yakubu? Aigweni. Yakubu came actually when I was when I left. Okay, okay, okay. So you are you are ahead of him. Yes, so I played played together with Amiyan Way with uh, Momodu Mutairu, people like people like Edema Fulubu, yeah, and all, all these guys were yes, so they were much older, Monday at one time. Yes. yes. And and James Enabula, the late Enabula. Oh nice, nice. And 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 so how did they scout you in, in Lagos? Did did Bega have specific coaches? That were able to scout. Were all the coaches Nigerian, or were some of them German? Uh, actually, I, I, I would have left. I would have been away from Nigeria since '91. I remember vividly during my days in Bega, a guy came. I actually forgot his name. He was playing then in Belgium, and he watched me play with Fidas team, and he said, "Who is this guy?" So. Our coach far away, coach far away, told him that this is a talented young player. And in fact, the 18, the teams are looking for him. He is one of the target players that is put his potential is actually very, very uh, uh, a young talented player. So so what the guy did was that he gave me his address to come look for him. And uh, to be very sincere, I was you know, a lot of things, uh, I had so much pressure as a young boy, so much pressure, and sometimes I get confused because this will tell me that, and that will tell me this, and this will tell me that. I was actually confused, and I, I missed actually the date he gave me as an appointment to meet with him. And by the time I went to him, he's gone back to Belgium. Wow. Wow. And, 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 and they told me it was just hanging there, it was just like an hotel where nobody addressed, not like you have a social media, you can, you can use name and then go to social media and track someone. So it wasn't like that those days. And then I took that opportunity. So then I met this guy. If I tell you the way I come, it was a very, uh, was actually a uh, very strange experience. A, a very interesting story as well too. I I I was a very good friend with uh, Azubike Ulisel, who is the younger brother to Son Ulisel, and so we were together with Julius Vega Feeders, together with Amunike, uh, Kinsley Amunike, who is the younger brother to uh, Emmanuel Amunike, 
And so we were all in the team. So we were well, I mean, the team is well packed. I mean, compacted. I mean, potentials, real, dedicated, and disciplined young talent, talent, raw talent. And so, so one day we came, we had we had issues, you know, as young boys, we do we do yard, you know, like make jokes of ourselves and things like that. And so I he had this spot in his face, this black spot. And so normally when young players we come together like that, the the, the feeders in players will say, Oh, that the bed had a shoot on his face. And so one day I is is my friend is like, oh, bed shit on your face. And so he took it very serious and was very, very angry with me and refused to speak to me for like completely two months. And I, I persisted to, you know, to bring back our relationship, he insisted. And then I, I finally just gave up. So on one particular day, I came with a donut. We call it popo in Nigeria, a donut. I came with a donut, so I had two donuts. So I was very hungry and I was, I was not sure of my lunch. So that was my breakfast and my lunch. So I ate one and I had, I mean, something was speaking to me, like, give the other one to Azubi Kebise. And I insisted. And I had the voice telling me again, I insisted. I had the voice telling me for the third time. And I had to stretch the donut to him. And when I was stretching it to him, I actually, my body language showed him that I didn't want to give it to him. So I was like, you know, I didn't want him to take it, you know, with my body language. So I stretched to him. He finally took the donut and ate it. By the time he finished, he said, what am I doing this evening? He had to whisper to me, he said, what are you doing this evening? And we were, we were like 65 players right there in that time. And I said, why? He said, because my brother sent his scout this evening to come pick players. Wow. And I'm like, yes, and I'm like, as we get, if this is a joke because of the donut I give you, please, <laughs> this is an expensive joke, don't take this as a joke. And he said, no, it's not a joke. And that was how I went to Federal Housing Authority, efficient investor. That evening, wow. at 4 p.m., I was there, <clears throat> 2 p.m., because I'm always punctual when it comes to football matters. I was 2 p.m. I was there. So 3 p.m., nobody was there. The whole thing was counting. So I said, oh, as you I tell him, pidgin in English, as you don't play Wayo, because of my of you know, so which means he's actually tricked me. So, but four at three fifty-five, I saw the gate open and a little Peter's car, small Peter's car, drove in. And when it, the car drove in, a, a white man came out, and that's where the bigger brother, who saw the police, church came out too. The whole field that was the field that was counting suddenly from nowhere. People start rushing in. People start coming in from nowhere. Players and the whole field was packed, close to like 200 players. I was very worried. I was, you know, I was frightened a little bit. I'm like, 200 players. How am I going to get a starting list? How am I going to play? How am I going to see 200 talent? I mean, and then the same as we came around to the bigger brother and whispered to the one that is older than Sonia and said, "This is my very good friend. His name is Ibe Prince Eton. He's my best friend." And then Dutchie came to me and said, my brother said, my best friend. I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. And that was how I got the spot to play the first 11 to be selected to, to play against the other team. And that was how I was counted and that was how I left my game. 
Wow. Ce pof pof, c'est vu. Pof pof. Just a little kindness. Wow, that, that, that's a hell of a story, man. I swear. That, that's an amazing story. So, okay. So you get selected. So when the guy selected you, did you did they set up a trial at Reggiana in Italy? I was supposed to actually immediately go to before this trial matter. You know, when I like I told you, when I stretched my hand to give him the donut, deep inside of me, my I think God saw my heart, but my arrogance was displayed. You know, people people use words like give with a cheerful heart. You know, there are some givings that doesn't come with a cheerful heart. There are sometimes you give and you give, you're giving something out. You're not actually cheerful, but you just gave obedience. You gave out of concern. Mm -hmm. So, and I think that was how, that was what actually happened. I, I gave with obedience. And when he ate it, I felt it because now I felt remorseful. I felt consigned. Oh, he's not eating. Oh, he's hungry. I never knew. I, never, I thought a player like him, who is the younger brother to Sonu, said, must have eaten breakfast. So, you know, I felt consigned. And that is what God saw. He sees our heart, not just our actions behind it. And so when I, like I said, I was selected. I go back to the story now, selection. I was selected. And then six other players were selected. And these six other players were told to come to the, ne the next day for another trials to be seen again. But mm -hmm. I myself was taken directly to Doma Hotel, which is called Golden Tulip today in Festac. Yeah, I know Golden Tulip. Yeah. Yes, yeah, Golden Tulip is it's called Doma Hotel formally. And uh, I was taken to the hotel that he went with white man's and we sat down and told him, I'm supposed to go immediately white man Georgia but the manager will prepare my document and then bring me in the summer period summer time when the weather is friendly and so I will not have a problem for the trials and I said okay so when he left Goma you will not believe my spot was used for another person wow yes I stayed Nigeria, I stayed in Nigeria for another three years. Wow. And the reason I stayed in Nigeria for another three years was that teams were looking for me because of my talent. But this same agent told me, never you sign any professional team. If you do, you will not go to Europe. So you see, I had to sacrifice my, my professionalism in Nigeria as a player for my future in Europe. So these three years, you can imagine the pain, the torment, financial luck and all these pains that I went through as a young boy. I had to, I had teams promising, showing me money, giving me flight money to come down and take sign off fee. I mean, 300,000 then in the 90s, it's like having 300 million instantly today. You understand? So, but, you know, but I refused all this money because I was so determined for my future as a professional player. But eventually, 1995, he, I played a regular Mock Nations Cup, so he later saw in the newspaper that I won the best player as a young as a young player. I won the best player in a regular Mock Nations Cup, so he actually came for me 
This time around, not Belgium any longer. This time around, Sunday was playing for Regina, and Regina went from Syria B to A. And then when Sunday was gotten in the team, they went, they, they were. No, Sunday, Sunday Ulisse. Yes, yeah, Sunday Ulisse was the first player who played for Regina. So they were relegated from Syria to Syria B. So Sunday had to go on loan to Ajax. So they needed a replacement on other Nigerian to replace Sunday in the midfield. So Regina had to send their sport director to Nigeria to scout the home base Super Eagles. Home base Super Eagles. And so matured home base Super Eagles. So I wasn't, I wasn't in his, I wasn't in the plan actually because they were looking for a matured home base Super Eagles, not a young player. So why they came, they invited people like Johnny Nocom, Precious Moye, you know, Lucky Sibo, these matured players were invited to play. So the team was not complete. They went, they, you know, 11 was, I think they were, were supposed to play a friendly match against First Bank. So the team was not actually completed. So they had to call me to complete the team. So why I came to complete the team, the video, there was a video, they recorded the game and the video went to Italy. So when the video got to Italy, that was when Carlos Ancelotti requested for this very young boy because I was the one who scored the goal against first man. So this time around, there was nothing to do. I was requested for, and they said, I'm a young boy. And Carlos said, he doesn't care. And they said, I'm a young boy. And Carlos said, okay, get the, oh, I want the older ones plus him. <laughs> you know, so, so that was how I was requested for my document and all necessary traveling documents. Were sent wait, wait, wait. So, so Carlos Ancelotti yes. handpicked you. From video yes. he watched. Yes. Wow. And, he, and he gave me the contract when I came down to Italy after he watched me. He watched me for four days and he gave me a contract. My in trial training. Was, in my training. Trial, yes, my, my trial was supposed to be for one month, but they watched me for four days. Only after four days, they made a decision. Wow. Yes. Prince, that, 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 that is amazing. Let me ask yes. you, because that, 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 that rarely happens you, in, in this business. That rarely happens. So uh, let me ask you, how are you, how are you so uh, talented in the sense that was the coaching in Nigeria different at the time? Because when you think about it, a young player at that time, you know, compared to, you know, I'm not trying to say anything about the players today, but compared to today, it's a little different. You know, back then you, you had, you had real clubs. That's why I was even surprised that, um, you didn't take those offers because there was insurance of Benin. You know, there was Bedell insurance that time. There was NMB, you know, the Rangers was Rangers. You had Sharks, you had all these teams. And they yes. were actually after you. And you didn't sign with any of them. And then your video gets to Italy. And Carlo Ancelotti, who's, I mean, he has Champions League under his belt, handpicked yes. you and said, so you, you must have had that talent and skill and technical ability while you were in Nigeria. So what was your development like when you were coming up as, as a player? Did you have special coaches that were able to teach you all these things or? The, the thing, the thing was, was mastery in football. You know, as a young boy, I started playing football at a very tender age, from age six. I played from my primary school and you know, not today, like today, the private schools have taken over the government schools. And so today, we don't find young kids playing football any longer in school. Mm -hmm. the, the private schools don't have enough 
the, 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 the space, there's no enough space for, for such activities any longer. But those days we went to government school and we had space. And so I, was, I was playing football during the break time and I played from a primary school. I was not only playing football, but also playing handball. Handball also helped me for my, my dribbling skills and my taking skills. I, I was playing handball, I was very good in handball, I was also very good in table tennis, and I was also a long distance runner. I'm very good in, in, in 200 meters. So I was very athletic. In football, I was mastering because my father was an ex-football player. And so I I played football with passion. So every day that I was playing football, I learned and I improved. And I was, it, you know, my discipline in football helped me so much that even I started as a street football and from street football to club football. I remember the first time I was selected in a main club. We, it was a very famous club that every young player dreams to play in the future, and it was called Eze Boys. Now, Eze Boys were bigger boys, and then we young boys would just play on our side, and then before Eze Boys start their training 4 p.m., and then we would now clear the space for them, and then they start their training. So this very particular day, before they started their training, so they were just changing, and the coach was close by. And... I just told my friends, let's go and do some corner kicks and do some small entertainment before these bigger guys will come in. And something in me said to me, by the time you impress, this coach will call you to come join them for training. So we started doing like set pieces, you know, set pieces, corner kicks and all that. So they 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 had this corner kick that was that was taken by a friend, and I I made a bicycle kick. A fantastic bicycle kick and the ball went straight into the net. And every of these bigger guys, they go like, wow, who is this? And the coach said, who are you, young boy? And I said, my name is Ibe. And he said, come. Say, how old are you? I told him, very young boy, very, very young. And he said, today, get your boot and you train with us. <laughs> so, so you can see my mastery in football was everywhere I was playing, I was noticed. Immediately, so that was how I started to play for Asian boys, even as the youngest player in the team, and I got number ten shirts. <laughs> you, you know, so so the mastery, the desire, the determination, the the passion was really exceptional. No, absolutely. That's that's that's. I could tell you, there's definitely had to be a passion there for you to have, you know, played as much as you played and trained as much as you trained every single day. Two or three times a day, sometimes. Sir. So, yeah. So let's 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 travel to Italy right now. So you get signed by Reggiana by Carlo Ancelotti. Now you're now you're now on that team. What was it like being coached by Carlo Ancelotti in, in Italy? And uh, you know, you know, it's 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 amazing because that period he actually quitted his career not so long years ago. Because he was a very, you know, he played for the Italian national team. He was a very, he was a technical player and very creative player. So he knows when Carlos sees a creative player, he knows. And so I, and he was born and raised up in Rachel Emilia, where Regina is. That was his hometown. Mm. So Regina gave him the first opportunity. To, to have the professional, to become a professional coach after getting his license. So the general was the first club he coached as a professional. So from that moment, he started to display his coaching abilities. And immediately, 
He took the court from Syria B. He took them to Syria A. Wow. He took them from Syria B to Syria A. And then when he came from Syria B, that was just one thing that was how he left to power. And that was his acceleration. So he saw me, and like I said, I had one moon trial, one moon trial. You know, as a young boy, determined from Africa, you're like, oh God, I just want to make this try. I don't want to go back to a suffering life. And, and, and those sufferings and those hard times in Africa. Of course, the first week was very, I was very, I was frustrated a little bit. You know, because I came to a land that the language is different. They don't speak English. I had no siblings, no friends. I was just alone. And let me a villa where other young kids are. And these kids don't speak English. I was very lonely for the first week. And after I said to myself, this is, this is too much. I feel like going back home. But I had to speak to myself and encourage myself, motivate myself as a self-motivator that this is what you always wanted. Will you want to go and go back to the same level that you were before as a young boy, or you want this change? And I had to take that challenge. And after three months, I found an Italian family. And the father was a police, and they, with a young, their young daughter, whom where I go and relax and play basketball, was a very close by. So she comes there and play basketball, and then she was very friendly. And then she introduced me to her, her family, and the father was a police, and so they welcomed me and they took me like a family. And suddenly, my loneliness disappeared. Wow, wow, yeah, they're good people all over the world. I mean, so, so that experience that made you feel more comfortable on, on the footballing side. How, how did you transition into the team at Regina and, and, and everything else? Because I know. Regina eventually, I don't know if it was after Ancelotti left, but they sent you on loan, right? Yes. Yeah. The reason they sent me on loan was then in Italy we have Syria A have three foreigners sports. Okay. Syria B have two foreigners sport. And Syria C had just one foreigner sport. Okay. So, so the reason they sent me alone because they are three foreigners and they are people like Adopos Valencia from Colombia, who are Colombian national team top tracker. And they are people like Igor Simutenkov, who was the Russian national team top player. So yes. they have three foreigners. And these players were already in the team, they are having a contract before I came as a young boy. So now they see a young player that is very talented, that has a future. And so what they wanted me to experience was they sent me, instead of not being able to keep me, they signed me and sent me on loan. So by the time they were able to sell one of these foreigners, I can come yeah. back to the team. So but when they sent me on loan, Regina went down to Syria B. By the time I came back, two foreigners, so you see, I had to go back again on loan. So this time around, when I came with the country, and then I I had to stay, I had to stay the team, and I discussed with the president that um I have a resident and working permit. And a working permit entitles me to work, which means it says a working permit. 
So when you have a working permit, it means that you can work in the country. So as a sportsman, specifically, characteristically, football player, and I have yeah. a work permit, so I should be football is my work. So why am I then not working? So when I said that, the president was like, wow, how did you come up with this? This is wise. This is something we, we can fight for. And immediately, we got our team lawyer and we filed a case to the FA. And when we filed a case to the FA, guess what? People like Milan and AC Milan and Inter Milan, they had so much foreigners and they couldn't use them. So they like supported me. They said, yes. So they <laughs> and then you guys won, right? So I won the case. And that's why you see Italians, big teams like AC Milan and Inter Milan were able to use so many foreigners, so many foreigners, 10 foreigners at the same time. And that's why people like George Wick, people like George Wick, the, the president the, is excellent in Liberia. I can't forget me because that was one of the openings for him to be able to play as a foreigner. And I see. Fact, there are some people that were trying to do some deal with Liberia and they're trying to get hold of him. They couldn't. So I, they, they, they finally came to me and I said, we are friends, I know him. We played together in Italy. And through me, they got to him. And when when they spoke to him, he heard my name, he said, yes, I know him. And he begins to tell them my story and everything. And so these guys were like shocked, like, oh, you know, he's excellent. So, so, so these things make a lot of players to have respect for me because it was an open door for them. That's amazing. That is amazing. I, I tell you what, so anyone that knows about Regiana, right? Yes. With, 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 um, especially with Super Eagles football, they know Martins and uh, yes. Mackinwa, right? So you were there when they came in, right? Yes, I was there. Actually, I was like a brother and a father to all of them. I was a big brother, like a father to all of them because I... When they came in, I I actually took them in and gave them advices and helped them to settle in. You understand? Not only them, so many people, even much older guys that came, people like Dosun Joseph, who, who later had an accident. Dosun came after me, people like Jerry Shakoke, people like Marshall Umbre, people like Benjamin Owaj, who played for Juventus, people like yeah. Ali who played for Inter Milan. So there's so many players, people like I already Makiwa, all of them, I was actually the young player, the first young player that opened the door and kept it open for Nigerian players to be able to skate through. Wow, wow. That is amazing. A lot of players came through that team. And, yes. and, and, and they all... 22 Nigerian players. 22? 22 Nigerian players. So let me ask you this, for, for all these players that come through that team, right? They, yes. they play for the team, they do well. The, te the team ends up, Regina ends up selling those guys to other clubs, yes. right? That was the transition. The transition was to bring them, not to play for the team, to bring them, develop them, and then sell, sell they just bring them, develop them, send them alone, and then sell them. <laughs> And so they, 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 they made a lot of money from the Nigerian oh, players. So much, so, so much money they made. So much, so much money they made. And there was a young, I tell you the story of Obafemi Martins. Martins, and I will, I will boldly say it today. 
Martins did not know his, his, the secret of his acceleration in Regina. And I'm going to tell him, but of course I can say to you today, you are privileged, you've been some, uh, an old time, you've been an old time friend. So it's not things that I say every now and then. Uh, I remember vividly when they come, not just, not just helping them as a big brother, I was also mentoring them. You see, young players need mentorship. And I also remember vividly when they came, they, they had this enthusiasm of, of, of success immediately. And then some agents were promising them that they should go cancel their contract with Regina and go back to Nigeria and they would bring them back. And I told them that if they do that, you will go back and you will never return again. And that will be the end. And I told, I advised them, I told, I asked them, why you guys were in Nigeria, your boys club, how much do you earn? They told me, bros, nothing. And I said, now you are earning 1,000 euros and you felt that it's too small for a young player that you are not under 18. What do you see? You should see a platform, you should see a place where to develop, where to grow and be patient and then spring yourself. And I gave them a counsel and, and make them settle down. And I remember they stopped the city that we were about to that very moment. I can't play the time. So was playing not for the result, he was playing for the under 16. Under 16 is called Alievi, which is the next after the reserve team. Alievi is called. And he scored 32 or 34 goals. Wow. Already before the season was over. He was extremely fast, but he was less technical and very unbroken. It was totally a mess in tactical aspects. But he was extremely fast and explosive. So he ran past all his mates and then just shoot. <laughs> so, so we were struggling. Regina was, we were struggling that period for relegation. And the coach was in a deep mess. And I was the captain of the team. So the coach called me and sat me down and said, in two weeks, he's going to, he's going to be facing the officials of the team, the administrations, administrators, and, and that they've prepared a, a certain letter for him. So, but he has only two weeks. How can he rescue this team in two weeks? Two weeks is too small. So I told him, I said, coach, one of the one of the challenges that I see in our team is that we have a good team, but our strikers are they are quite an experienced strikers that have played Syria. They play big teams, but they are so lazy. They are too old to. <laughs> so they were thirty five years old, thirty four years old strikers. So they yeah. don't they don't run even if they if they run they don't run all the time because they are they are they are, they are the edge of their retirement. So. We need someone with speed, someone that will run for 90 minutes, that will run the defense for 90 minutes. And the coach said, who? And I said, the coach said, we don't have anyone. I said, yes, I, can I make a suggestion for you? And he said, yes, willingly. And I said, Obafemi Martins. The coach almost slapped me. <laughs> and he said, what are you saying? I'm going to lose my job if I bring him here. I'm going to lose my job. And I said, coach, your job is already at stake. You're already going to lose your job. So the only thing you do in Nigeria is to do a magic. Right now, you need a solution that will impress your team. You just need to rescue yourself. And, and I explained to him, I said, do you know how fast Martins is? And so the coach said, okay, I've heard about him, but I've not seen him. So they invited Martins for, the, for our Tuesday training. 
because our games were on Saturday, so he invited him for a Tuesday training. When the balls dropped behind the defense, before the defense turned, Matis has gone. <laughs> on Thursday training, the defenders, I remember the defenders said it in Italian, did it to Fratello, his Taikama said no to Pikiano, which means tell your younger brother to stay calm, otherwise we are going to kill him. <laughs> so Matis was astronomy there, and I told Martin, take it easy and reserve your running for the match because these are your teammates. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so Martin said, okay, bros, okay, bros, okay, bros. So the coach came to me after the penalty training and said, this guy is a, is a car, actually. He's moving like a car. This guy is fast. And the coach said, are you, do you think he's going to go well in the game? And I said, coach, Every time we play a game, the teams, the opponent, they pressed us right from the beginning. If we put the ball behind the defenders and Martin run faster than them, they will not have the strength to press us any longer. They will back out. Because the defenders will fall back, the midfield will fall back, and then the strikers will fall back tactically slower. And the coach you make sense. So on Saturday game, they slotted Martins in. First 11, starting list. I'm telling you, the players were angry and they planned to cook for that coach. If he had gone wrongly, it would have been. It would, it, myself, I would, it wouldn't have gone wrong. They actually planned to speak. I did this because we needed a rescue for the team. It was for the team. It was for, yeah. us, for myself and the team. But those guys were not happy because all of them have to sit on the bench. So the first goal, the first 15 minutes, Martins ran at ran the whole defense. He missed seven goals in 40 in 60 minutes. Seven goals one on one. He ran past the whole defense and missed seven, seven goals. He missed. He did not get the back of the net. So they changed him 70 minutes. And another striker came in. But because we've been pressing this team because of Martin's speed from the beginning. The team lost their confidence. Yeah, they were they were done. Yeah. So that was how that was how we got to win that game one zero. The next day we stepped up immediately from the relegation zone. So the next day I went to the newspaper. We had this Gazette de Sport, Korea de Sport, that you see your point and your score and etc. etc. And the Gazette de Sport and Korea de Sport will record from Syria A, Syria B, Syria C one, Syria C two, and even Syria D. They, they put it in newspaper because football is, I mean, people watch football in Italy. It's people, people love football with all their hearts. I mean, it's something, it's a religion, football. People go to the bar, they talk about football. They sit in restaurant, they talk about football. They walk on the street, they talk about football. So you, when you're a football player, you're extremely famous. So by the time I opened the newspaper, career in the sport, I opened the middle page, I saw Martin's Picture. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Inter Milan looking for Martins. And that was the last game Martins played for Regina. That was how wow. Wow. Well, you know what? When he joined Milan, I remember the first game I saw him play. It was Champions League against Arsenal. And he destroyed Arsenal in that game. I mean, just destroyed them. And I said, God, who is this guy? <laughs> so fast, you're right. So fast, amazingly fast. So that that that's that's a really really cool story. No, and 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 you know you're right. He had to struggle first 
when he came to Italy before, you know, his hard work paid off. So that's yeah. that's 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 beautiful. Well, it, on on the social on the social end, when you were in Italy, what 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 was it like? From um, you know, sometimes there was a time where you would watch Italian games and you would see, you know, the racist chants, you know, with Balotelli and all these things that were going on. What was your experience like on that end? Did you have a, a similar experience, or was it different for you? You see, I, I think. In the civic life, uh, racism is everywhere. Even in Africa, we have what we call tribalistic, you know, placement where the Igbos, some Igbos have problem with Yorubas and Yorubas with Igbos and all that, etc., etc. Yeah, you know, yeah, 100%. Yeah. One thing I always tell players as a mentor coach now is that players should focus in what they're doing at the moment. When we keep focusing on the fans, because you see, fans, they are, before they come to stadium, they get drunk. They, some of them, they drugs. Some of them, they are diehard fans. Diehard fans are people that are ready to they do anything for their team. So they, they are out there to teach you, they are out there to get to get to get on your nerves, they are out there to, to make you get angry. So most times when it's not going well for them, they say foul words to you. They say foul words to you to get you irritated, to just get you out of position. And and it happens everywhere. Everywhere it happens. But you see, there are people that condole their nations. They condole it, and now penalties have been, you know, FIFA have put penalties on these issues like this, and so teams are able to speak to their fans and their their public to maintain, you know, order. But I face it too. Whenever I'm doing very well, whenever my team becomes a threat, whenever, I'm especially play like me, when I'm doing extremely well, you see, you see people trying to be to, you know, to say some racist words. But I guess. You know, it's it's very I understand very well, but it, it is very annoying. It's very annoying, but I just ignore and focus on what I actually came to do. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. It's it's a stain on um on the sport that needs to be eradicated. Um, mm -hmm. so I know you joined the 2004 Afcon. What was that like? Well, it was a dream come true. Was a dream come true? Did uh, did Kochuku call you up and just uh, yes. ask you to come? Yes. Uh, they, they, I was I was invited. You know, long long before two thousand and four, nineteen ninety seven, with Coach Sinclair, the home base team that and some few professionals like Kenneth Zebu and Chukundukwe, mm -hmm. we went to play against Zambia. I was discovered by by Coach Sinclair. Sinclair vowed. I remember Sinclair said he's discovered a young, I know Coach Sinclair is a man, a coach that likes technical players, players that are very progressive, players that are very progressive, players that are business-like. He likes those kind of players. And when Sinclair saw me after the friendly match against Zambia, he made a, he made a public announcement about me and spoke so well of me 
and I was expecting to join the team for France 98, but immediately weeks after, Coach Sinclair was sacked. Uh, yes, he was sacked. And that was my chance to join the boy of not making the team 98. And then 2000, I was invited again. I did so well in the camp, and they called me the revelation of the team, Coach Shaibu. They yeah. called me the revelation of the team. And we were training in Ottawa. We had a one month precise training before African Nations Cup. The fans, the journalists, all journalists and all fans will remember this in Ottawa. People were coming to watch live and everybody testified of my performance. I was the revelation for the team. But they had to drop me for politi political issues. Now, where did they drop me? They were supposed to drop me in Nigeria. They took me all the way to Abidjan to drop me there so that there will not be commotion. <laughs> there will not be chaos in yeah. Lagos. So yeah. they flew me with the team to Abidjan and dropped me in Abidjan. So 2002, the same thing. But 2004, it very plain that I, I was very determined. I came to the camp early enough and the first list was released and my name was not there. And I remember a guy called me from US and said, I know you are a fake, you're, you're someone with faith. I know you're somebody who actually you believe in what you do, but your name is not there. And I said, Wale, I don't care. This year, 2004, I'm going to make, I'm going to be in this team. And suddenly, someone came and came to the hotel in Faro, called me out and said, there was a man in the NFF and did not disclose his name. He made it plain and known to them that if Ekong is not in that list, everybody should take their bag and leave Faro. <laughs> to this day, I do not know who was that man, but they fought for me because they know that I deserve it. And Christian Ubudu was taken out from the list. And my name was, yes, I replaced Christian Ubudu. And I remember Christian was disappointed. And I told him, I said, Christian, I've been coming to this camp since 2000. Go, your own time is coming. And eventually. And time came. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <clears throat> That's crazy. That is crazy. And so, what, what, what position? I think they brought you in as a, as a holding mid, right? Or were you a central mid? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. As, as well. And what was the experience like at that AFCON, that 2004? I will tell you. I'll tell you. <laughs> Should I be honest with you? Yeah, be honest. Be honest. <laughs> I know, I know, I know the squad you were with. So you know, you had. Uh, I think Utaka was there. You had Okocha. You had uh, Ademwige. You had, you know, a lot of. Notable players on that squad. Let me be Philly. I was, I proved myself in that camp right from Faro from day one because most professionals don't really <clears throat> early. They allowed some of the own base that are selected and some of the new young professionals newly selected to come to camp early and then some of the bigger boys 
to come to camp one week or some days mm -hmm. before the tournament. And I was from day one, I was there for one full month. You can imagine one full month proving to coaches in training, be, being a standing for one full month. I was a standing for one complete whole month. And then someone came to me, I will not say his name. And, and said, who is your manager? I said, my manager is Kodom Stipik, a German man. And I was very candid, being plain, feeling open. And uh, the guy went, went to the, the coaching crew and related to them. He must have told the coaches, this guy was an agent that was known then. He used to come to camp and try to manage some of the players. And so he was literally friend to the administration. You understand what I mean? Yeah. So, so he went and discussed with them that he had an agent. You know, from that day, from that day, they began to behave so funny to me. Are you serious? Wow. It was so funny to me that I I almost cried one day when I was coming against Nigeria against Benin Republic. And my coach told me, don't go in there and do those your skills. Just go and play like he's playing. I said to the coach, if you want me to go and play the way he's playing, why do you then change him? <laughs> that was what I said to you. So if you can you can you can see the frustration you were supposed to be here. But why I'm saying this is the conspiracy in African football. There's so much conspiracy, so much corruption. And that's why our football, rather than growing, is dying. I understand, I understand Europe, I understand how coaches like some players, but you see, what European coaches do is that they 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 invest their time and their finances on players that they know that is better. And what they do, they support those players. But this one's rather, they are rather to take an handicap just to fill their pockets. And it's so bad conspiracies. But but you know what, Prince, I've in my business, of course, I've heard these these things so many times with so many different players that I've said, hey, look, you know, I would be on the U17 or the U20 right now if I did X, Y, and Z, you know, but of course, you know, with a lot of these things, there's no evidence. So, I mean, how how rampant from your experience do you think this thing is? You think it's, it's very bad in, uh, I mean, of course, we can talk about Nigerian football. You know, people, when you, when you, when you talk about this, what most of the coaches of them will say, let them show us evidence. You know, I'm in a group. I'm in a group where I'm in a group of ex-players where when things like this is brought up and people will say, 
show us evidences. We want to see evidence. The truth is that everyone knows the truth. <laughs> everyone knows the truth and they know what they've done. And I, and I said it one day openly to them. I said, stop, stop asking for evidence. Rather, repent. The word repent is a Greek word that calls metanoia. It means to change your thinking the way you think. Change the way you think. So we need to repent. We need to change the way we think. We need to change our, our constitution. We need to change the, our approach, the way we approach football, the way we see football. We, 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 the money behind it, we have to change the approach totally. And by the time we do that, then we'll be able to lift up grassroots very well and begin to place Nigeria where Nigeria is supposed to be. In Africa, it's, it's unspeakable. I'm telling you, it's, 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 it's absurd. It's, it's a mind-blowing evil. It's evil. There are people, they go there, they just, they just go there to, to, to just enrich themselves. How long are we going to do this? European, let me tell you what European. People take good players, vice for the best players, and then have a good relationship with them. Have a good relationship with their agents. You don't need to make an official contract. Have a good relationship with your agent. And those good players that you promote, that becomes, that excel in their career, they, they will, you will not need to request. They are going to, they are going to, they are going to reward you. They will reward you much more than what you, much more than the peanut that you are looking for. Imagine, Boma, imagine a coach who gives me an opportunity and I start signing a multi-million dollars contract. And I know that that coach is involved in my career. What do you think we'll, I will do with those coaches? <laughs> of course, I'm going to take care of them. Yeah. So, so, you understand? I've seen people like Victor, people I don't want to mention them. I've seen in the national team where, where players are telling coaches, I pay for your children's school fee. I pay this. You can't, you, you, yes, you can't, you, you, you have no right to tell me you can't play me. You understand? So these are the things I understand that part of helping people financially, but we need to stop the conspiracy. We need to stop. People might listen to this and they will not like it, but that's just the truth. And I it's the experience, you know. Who cares? They don't like it. It's the experience. Yes, I, and, and, and I don't want to mention it because I don't like the ridicule people. Yeah. I don't like the ridicule people. I believe in. I believe in. I believe people to, should reflect, think back, and correct their mistakes. And that's why we're saying things like this. And until this is deal, dealt with, until this is dealt with, until this, we, we consider this and begin to look through it. It's just going to be like throwing water in a basket. You know, and, and there was recently an article that uh, came out on Chinedu Obuke. You know Chinedu? Yes, uh, Nigerian player. Yeah, he played played at Schalke and some other places, and he made the same claim about the 2014 World Cup, okay. why he wasn't selected, you know, for for the World Cup, and he said it was because he refused to um, grease pockets in the article, mm. you know. So so, you know, it's not the first time anyone has said anything like this. You 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 know, we've heard it several times, 
And, um, you know, I think the people in charge needs to they need to take a look at that and figure out how to correct it. As a matter of fact, a couple of years ago, I don't know if you recall, there was an investigative journalist that recorded the coach for the home-based Eagles, um, you know, requesting, yes. yeah, requesting cash. So yes. That was caught on camera. Yeah, um, and, and deterioration. Yeah. Deterioration attitude. Yeah, they should be ashamed of themselves. They should yeah, be ashamed yeah. of themselves. Because they are, they are disgracing the, the Nigerian national team. They're disgracing the nation of the rule. I mean, it comes to that place where a player, my player, will ask my player, one of a player, one of my players that I sent to, to the to, to the national team, he was, you can imagine, he was asked, he was requested to pay visa fee. Has it come to that stage? It becomes that, is, is, is that, is that so? No, nah, I feel your pain. <laughs> I feel your pain. No, we we have to fight it. You know, something that because we have to get better. Football is a merit-based, strictly merit-based uh, system. If you're good and you show you're better than the next man, you should play. Period. There's nothing else there. You know, this is sport we're talking about. You know, and if you don't, then your team is going to suffer. And and we think we've seen the Nigerian team on occasion fall short because because of these things. So you know, definitely it's, needs to be. It's deplorable. deplorable. It's scandalous. Oh my god. Yeah. No, absolutely, absolutely. So what? So so that experience that that was that was the main experience you got from the uh, two thousand and four. Um, in Tunisia, I remember we came third in that couple of nations, you know. And then I was slotted in the match. Against Mali, right? Yes, and the whole Nigerians were wondering where did they put me, all this why. <laughs> the whole Nigerians, go back, what I'm telling you, go back, <clears throat> watch that game again. The whole Nigerians were wondering where did they put me. <laughs> Um, yeah, my brother. I mean, these things, you know, you know I, it's, it's not, you know, woman, for me, I, 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 I'm not wishing payback. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not requesting an evil result at the end of it. But you see, the seed that people plant, there is what we call fertilization. In fertilization, you have male and female fertilization. Right, Boma? You understand mm -hmm. what I mean? We have yeah. male and yes, we have male and female fertilization. And then in this fertilization, you 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 look at you know when I when I when I remember when I remember Nigerian cases, it's, you know it's 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 annoying. It's it's something that I don't like to talk about. It's something that it's something I don't I, it's something I don't want to talk about. But at, at the same time, it's something that Boma something that needs to be dealt with. Let's say this is a fruit. Now, the fertilization you have male and female, which is called gametes. Then in that gametes, after the fertilization, you it forms a zygote. 
in that zygote is formed, which grows, that zygote grows and become an embryo. Now, that embryo, after the fertilization, the embryo now comes, now becomes ovary. From the ovary, you get fruit. And then the ovary grows bigger, grows bigger, and then the, it becomes an ovus. And then from the ovus, you get what is called seed. From those seed, now, fruit. Tell me, don't you think that if this continues, it's going to bring out a bad fruit? Oh, of course it will. Of course it will. And if this is done rightly, the same way the processing goes on fruit, so it's also going to bring good fruit. So we need to deal with this matter. And we have to deal with it from the root. We have to deal with it with the fertilization. We have to deal with it with the zygote. We have to deal with it with the ovary, with the embryo. We have to deal with it and so that the seed has to be, it has to be dealt with. Otherwise, if it's not dealt with, I'm telling you, go and mark it. We've been complaining for years and we're still going to complain. The Nigerian football will not go anywhere. Well, well, let me ask you this, Prince. From your experience, what if, if for instance, let's just say hypothetically, you compete and become head of Nigerian Federation. How will you stamp out this practice? Because you've been a you've been a former international, you know, you've been selected in you play for clubs in Europe, you understand what's going on. How would you say, you know what, I need to fix this and this is what I'm going to do? First, to begin to train your man. You see, people are not trained. Nigerians don't have information. They they work with he says, he says, he does, she does. First, people will be trained. Secondly, a system will be set. When a system is set, it's set and it's very plain. A system is set, and anyone that does not fit into the system is taken out. I'm telling you, it's taken out. A system will be set. And this is the way it works in Europe. System has said, even in fact, FIFA president is proved. It's about to be proved now. Why? Because there's a system that is set. And if he does anything out of the system, he will be proved. So a system will be set. We, we are not going to overlook things because people are overlooking areas. People, people, People on top are not concerned with what is going, what is going on under. And most times, sorry to say this, but for you to tell somebody to act right, you yourself have to act right. You understand? So, so, so it's a system that is totally messed up. And I know, I know that we have good work. I know that we have good ones, and I know that the, the good ones, we have good ones, but some of these good ones, sometimes they don't have a choice. They are even corrupt. The conspiracy has rocked on them, has rocked on them. So we have to set a system. We have to make it right. We have to look at the modern nation and look at the system. Nigerian football is no longer interesting. How can Nigerians be watching? They will sit down and be watching other leagues, and then the Nigerian league is abandoned. Do you know, Boma, do you know the population we have in Nigeria? 200 million. How many population England, England has? Look at this. We have a 
we have the, the we have, we have the capacity, we have the ability, we have people with deficiency, the intelligence. What is stopping us? We have what is called population, which is the power. Population is the power. The reason why Premier League is making money because Nigerians are watching Premier League. If Nigerians stop watching Premier League, Premier League we we, we begin to go bankrupt. Nigerians are watching Premier League and they contribute. They, they just the TV rights they buy enough sends lots of money to, to, to England. No, no question. Yeah. You understand? So you can imagine these people buying rights for the nation, buying rights for the Nigerian League, buying rights for the Nigerian football. They want to, but they want to see something good. I remember those days when when stationary stocks want to play against Shilopega, when when Bibisai was coming to play, when Jasper United, you we would jump stadiums. We were young, we had to jump stadiums. We jumped fence, we didn't have money, we had to climb fence as young boys. The stadium would be full, crowded. Today, stadiums are scanty, empty. You're right. Right. I mean, when I when I was a, when I was a young boy, the team I, I grew up on was uh, NMB, Nigerian okay. Bank. Good. You know, and I, I used to go watch their games with Henry Wosu and and those guys. Okay. And the stadiums were packed. The stadiums were packed. Yeah, I remember. But now nowadays, you know, um, you know, there are players I work with right now in Nigeria that play for play in Nigerian leagues, and um, you know, the most complaint I get is that. You know, they've gone five, six, seven months. They haven't been paid their salary. You know, um, and usually they are looking for money. You know, <laughs> so there's no motivation from the players to actually play the games because nine times out of ten they haven't been paid. You know, mm -hmm. so you know, I think what can happen is if there is one club. You know, sometimes you have a situation in a league where <clears throat> if one club comes up. And an owner comes up with that one club. Let's say someone decides to start a, a professional club in Nigeria, hires the right people, creates the right organizational structure. I had uh, the former senior development manager at FIFA, Mike Fister, here, and he was mm -hmm. talking about, you know, creating proper structures. His dad mm -hmm. was Otto Fister. You remember Otto Fister? Yes. That coach Cameroon and um, Togo in the World Cup. Yes. Yeah, so he he was talking about structures. If we have the right structures in place, okay, you know, so maybe if you had one club that sets the example, then people might follow that, and, follow and, that and, example. But uh, one, of, one of the things, if you look at one of the areas where Nigerians need to consider, we need to use the population power. It's very important. We have to we have to emphasize it. We have to use that area. Now, what do I mean? Check a club in history like Barcelona. The reason why Catalan is requesting to be a nation of themselves is because they have a club like Barcelona. <laughs> Barcelona is bringing so much dividend, so much revenue, so much dividend, so much income in that city. How did Barcelona come Boma? Barcelona was formed by 155,000 people in a community. Yes. Each of them paid 150 euros as membership fee. <laughs> and he had man to 22 or 23 million euros, and they used it 
150,000 people, 155,000 people, and they use it to form the club. Today, Barcelona makes more close to 5 billion in dividends every year. You can imagine such a club. Today, if Barcelona is playing, the stadium, restaurants, hotels, the city is booming. The nation makes money because of just a club. So, the communities, we have communities in football. We have communities in Nigeria. We have neighborhood. We have societies. We have municipalities. A lot populated by people. Omar, let's take how much you think that let's 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 be very practical now. How much you think a Nigerian family can pay as membership to develop their community, and they will never be affected? How much? Come on. Come on. Oh, a year. A year. Even the poorest person. I'll see maybe three thousand naira. Three thousand naira. Okay, let's bring it down to two thousand naira. And each community in Nigeria, we have close to two hundred to three hundred thousand people. The numbers add up. Yeah, it's much, much more than. But I'm just let's bring it down. So let's say let's say two thousand boma times. Okay, how many thousand people you are? How many, let's say, times three? Um, let's say two, let's say, Boma, let's say 2,000 times 300,000 people, right? You know how much it amounts to? It will amount to 600 million. Boma, 600 million naira. Do you know that 600 million naira will build a whole community, will build stadium to, to get the best synthetic pitch, the best standard synthetic pitch, cost you 40, 40 to 50 to 60 million, this the top class standard. And, and 300, 300, uh, 600,000, uh, 600 million naira is 1.5 million dollars. Yes. Yeah. It will bring players from abroad, it will change the whole community, even those poor people suddenly will, be, will no longer be seen poor because they become it's their money that has brought that revenue. So that is the smallest amount. So you understand. So we we have the we have the solution, but you see, we we have this poverty laid back mentality. There is this poverty laid back mentality that people don't just believe that things work. And that's what European, that's what the Western world, that's why they are different from us. I'm just giving you a, I'm just trying to be very practical. You see, people are complaining. You don't even need a private person today. Iwaya will come, and then Iwaya will die. When Iwaya will die, the team dies. Abiola will come up, Abiola base will die. Abiola will die, Abiola base goes. How long would maybe, Prince, do you think maybe it's because people have not approached thousands of other people, maybe it's in a city or in a local government area, with this plan, and one person saying, I'm going to make sure I follow this plan till it's successful. You know, because what you're saying, let's, let's, let's use the local government. There are local governments in Nigeria that have 50,000, 150,000 people, households, right? And if you approach them with this plan, depending on what you're building, and you tell them, hey, look, let's create this and you go house to house some people might say no initially 
right? Because they haven't seen it. Some other people will say yes. And then you go ahead and build it. And then the people that now see it will now say, okay, they want to be part of it. You know, sometimes in Nigeria, a lot of times when you, when you approach people with a concept and it's abstract, it's not real. You know, it hasn't been built yet. They are very, very apprehensive because, you know, there's the 419 factor where, they, where, where people don't trust immediately. But then once they see it's done and they see a lot of hundreds, thousands of people coming, everyone now wants to become a part of it. True. You know, so yeah, I think you're you are 100% right in that that population is, is an asset. and But someone has to be able to put the plan together, has to leverage it, has to approach the right people, has to mobilize those people, and then has to create it. And I think that's where the disconnect is. You know, that's where the disconnect is. It's a, it's a really, really good um, idea. Um, but, you know, depending on who you approach, I remember there was a time where, uh, I don't know if he still is, but JJ Okocha was the head of the Delta State yeah. Football Association. Yeah, that was, that's, you know, that, of course, that's your former teammate. Mm. I'm sure if, if the opportunity presented itself and you gave him this idea, it's something that he might have tried to do, you know. Mm. You never know. So I, I like it, though. I like it a lot. I think it's, it's very, and as a matter of fact, Here's something else. Here's an example I'll give you that people do currently with that idea that works. Churches, right? You go to some places in um, in Nigeria and you see posters everywhere, That's true. everywhere. Revival, 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 <laughs> everywhere. And guess what? If you go to that revival, thousands of people are there. You can't even park. It's crazy. Right, and all these people are giving the church how much? Yes, you can imagine. Yeah, yeah. So it can work. It's very doable, you know. And I think, uh, you know, what, what state are you from? Akwaibom. Yes, I'm from Akwaibom, from Etina. Yeah. If you go to Akwaibom and you get something done, you know, get something in terms of football done, you know, you can run for NFF presidents. Yes, it's, it's true, but. You know, to be very sincere, Boma, that's not my, you know, I want, I want to stay in the area of counseling. And, and, and you're very correct. You know, some of these areas, sometimes speaking or trying to contribute from distance will not help. Nah. And, and like I said, that's one of also the major reason why I came into football management in uh, dealing with players. I, I wanted to, uh, it wasn't enough to be from distance and uh, begin to help young players from the scammers and this fraudulent uh, scout or agent. Yeah, there are a lot of them out there. Yeah. Yeah, coming into the business helps people like you, me. Coming into the business helps a lot too, but still, you know, we, 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 we can do more inside than doing from. Than, than what we can do from outside. And, and also, I see people like Tariq Owes. He told me, I discussed with him, I know his integrity, uh, how he also wanted to run for the Nigerian uh, chairman of Nigerian football. He was, he told me the things he encountered, uh, they are they are not, Boma, they are things that they are mind blowing. They are mind blowing. The threat, is it threat? Is it yeah. spiritual attacks? 
they are mind blowing. And, and that's to show you the heart of the people when people are set to do good. People just, yeah. don't, people just don't like right. They just don't like to see things that are, that are running smoothly. They just want it to be, to, to be, to, 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 you know, to run in a dirty way. And, 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 and that's how the nation is. But I, I, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that those that are with right integrity will come into this, this area of administration and begin to turn things around. No, I mean, for I think you should. I think you should definitely get involved. I personally, whenever I meet a former Super or even a current one, even a current one, I say, listen, you know, you have gotten the opportunity now because you have a microphone, you have a voice. If 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 Mikel Obi was to get on, you know, national television or go on Instagram and say, hey, here's what we're going to do, people will listen, right? So you have a voice. Look at DJ Droba. Droba is running for head of the Ivorian FA, right? So yeah, I think, you know, I always tell them, I say, listen, you guys, people look up because you're a former Super Eagle. There are a lot of people that would look up to you and say, hey, you know, this guy is someone that, you know, we used to watch, used to bring me happiness, just watching him on TV. You know, um, if you get involved at some level, you know, it could be head of the Acquire Bomb FA. At some level, people will say, wow, okay. And you start making a difference because sometimes, from the national level, you know how Nigeria is. People sometimes think, oh, you know, Nigeria is very fragmented, it's very diverse. You know, so many different languages, so many different cultures. But if from like a state level you get in, it's easier to manipulate, easier to control, easier to fix a lot of different things. And it could be it could set as an example. So I think, you know, we even myself, everyone should get involved. Hmm. Everyone, it's not enough to look the the whole thing like, like you said you know, mentioned Taribo West was saying people are threatening they, they can't threaten everyone <laughs> right yeah, they can't so I think I think everyone should get involved everyone wants to sit on the island yes if if we care about it you know and I can tell talking to you 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 clearly care about it so you know we should all get involved do something I know you and I we've talked about. On projects that we're doing in Nigeria, you know, but that's that's private, right? But there's still a lot of other things that can be done. So, um, you know, but my my hat off to you, definitely. I think, you know, of course, watching you as a super ego was great, but also on the football side, um, in terms of management and administration, mm -hmm. there's there's a lot that can be done, and I think, you know, all of us because you have a lot of experience, you know, you played in. Italy, Sweden, China, you know, there's a lot of experience that you can bring to the table. Um, so, no, absolutely. But speaking about it, so you, so you, when did you leave Regina and go to Italy? I left. Uh, I mean, go to Sweden, because you left Regina and went to Sweden, right? Yes, no, I left actually to, I left Italy to, to China. China, okay. And then uh, I played in China three seasons. And then I came back, I lost my place in the national team. I came back to Europe because I was told that I had to come back. I was actually the only player that was playing in Asia that was able to make up the Super English League. Mm. So I came back to Europe because I wanted yeah. to get my thoughts back in uh, Super Eagles. And then when I came back, I was tempted again, you know, the Chinese money. I was tempted again by the time I began to receive the offers in Europe. 
So the offers were, they were not actually interested for me. So I decided wait, to- Wait, 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 Prince, Prince. Make, make we talk about this Chinese money. So, 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 so what, it's cause you see a lot of players going to China. You know, I'm a Chelsea fan, but almost the whole team went to China at one point. You know, Ramirez, Oscar, Mikel, they went, gone. And I was like, I said, they must be offering these guys a lot of money. So I beg, educate me please on the on this China money. What's going on in China? It's, it's a tax-free money. It's the money that they give to you. For example, let's say you receive two, let's say you're getting two, let's say you're getting two million, 200 pounds, 200,000 pounds every week mm -hmm. in, in England. And that 200,000 pounds, you should know that it's going to be taxed. 50%, yeah. Yes. I so basically, 200,000 is in your contract, but you get 100,000. Yeah. But when the Chinese say 200,000, it's 200,000. <laughs> <laughs> and in fact, they don't say 200,000. Maybe you are getting 200,000. The Chinese will tell you, will give you 300 or 400,000. Wow. So they always give you, they always give you, and so you see, it's, it's, you can't resist unless, unless you don't like better team. <laughs> but, but, so what about the level? What about the level in China? What's that like? Is it, uh, <clears throat> I mean, you are going from Italy. It, Italian football is, is much more difficult, right? Way more talented players. The, the Chinese football level is very, it's, I mean, I was, I was surprised. I was very actually flabbergasted when I get to China. I got to China. They technically strong and they are big. The Chinese, you look at them outside China, you think they are small statue people. But when you get to the Chinese league, the boys are tall. Wow. They have good heights. So they are strong and they are technical. Maybe they might not be tactically sound like Europeans because the, the grassroots is not really emphasized on like in Europe, but when you talk about good football, the Chinese can play good football. They are fast, they are technically really? yes, and strong. And also, what happens, with, what happens with the national team? They never qualify for major tournaments. Yes, yes. Their the national team also too, yes, it's, it's a challenge because also too, like I said, uh, the, the players lack tactics. Mm. And, and this can, can tell on them. When, when they play against countries like Japan and all that. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. They fall, yes, yeah. they fall out of those areas. Because those ones, they actually emphasize on grassroots. But the Chinese don't emphasize on grassroots. The Chinese, uh, uh, they like ready-made, already made players. They like established players and they pay money so much for established players. And you see the Koreans, the Koreans don't, they don't put in money so much for foreign players like the Chinese, but the Chinese put in so much money for foreign players because they just like already made players and established players. But the Japanese and Koreans deal with the groomed players. Yeah, they do. Yeah. So those things, those things really tell in national team as well too, and that's one of the areas Africans are <coughs> when it comes to senior football as well too. Okay. So. So your, your time in China, you played for the club, you had a good time, of course, they paid you well, which is good. And then and then after after some time they now decided to go to guys in uh in Sweden. Yes. How did that work? 
I, I, after my years in China, like I said, I came back to Europe. I had offer with Maccabi Tel Aviv. Okay. That, uh, Mike Menano brought the deal for me. Yes, we were in contact, and uh, before he got it, before he got the offer in Chelsea. Chelsea, he, yeah. He, yes, he brought the deal for me, and uh, it wasn't a a long time contract. It was just a short period. It was for a year and six months, and I told him that I uh, he's done very well, but I wasn't interested that period for a short time contract. I was looking for a long term contract for the fact that I wanted my children or my family to settle down. Yeah. So I didn't just want to move my children to a place after one year I moved them again. So I wanted to at least minimum three years. Yeah. So Maccabi Tel Aviv wanted to have me for one and a half year. And then after then, plus three, four years, then I said no directly. And I also got an offer in Cologne. And Cologne, they were actually in relegation zone. They were fighting for relegation. And so they offered me quite a good money, but it was not actually up to what I was earning in China. And so they offered me good money. They now put a clause that if they go down to relegation, my salary will be cut 50%. (laughs) So I said no on that area. So so, uh, Bokon came also too. Bokum came and Bokum made an inquirement because the Europeans they like to make get reference. Bokum made an inquirement. Uh, they got a reference from another Nigerian player who is an older player. I will not say the name. Yeah. Uh, they got a reference from me and I was shocked. And I I I just don't want to base my fact on what I heard, but Bokum told me that. They didn't get a good reference from him about me. Yes, I was shocked for a player like me that is so disciplined. So I guess maybe because of we play the same position and it's like so sometimes I didn't get a good reference. But I like I said, I don't want to base my fact on one-sided story. But that's what Bukun told me. And I said, You guys don't worry. Uh, uh, I, I will continue. I move ahead with my career. So I had gambling, jungle building, which they call in Turkey. I have Samsung spoke, Samsung spoke. Then Ikeshirumu, I spoke with Ikeshirumu, and he told me that they are expecting me uh, to the, uh, they are expecting me in the club. And I, I, I was waiting for them to come to Holland. So we we'll meet up in Holland. They had a preseason in Holland, and then I will join the team there in preseason. And then sign do medical, and then I have FC Sedan of France, who just got promoted to the second league to League One in France, and so they wanted to fortify their team, so they requested for me and some other players. So I told them to yes. So I was waiting for them. They were having their last two games. They already got promoted, but they they went trying to secure a place. They already got promoted anyway, so they were just waiting for their last two games so they can settle down and. and officially invited me for medical. So while I was working for two weeks, the last two games, it takes two weeks. So uh, Samsung Sport is coming to uh, Holland for two, in two weeks time. So I was in Nigeria. So I had a call from uh, a friend of mine that we grew up together, in, who eventually is living in Sweden at that time. He called me and said, 
the existing guys that wants to see you. And I said, Sweden, don't even talk about them. Because, and he told me how much they are going to give me the salary and after tax. And I said, what? This is actually what I received for match bonus. <coughs> That's what I told you. I said, this is my match bonus for a week for draw bonus. This is my draw actually bonus. And I said, are you kidding me? And you want me to come here? So I'm like, no, 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 no. So I never knew, I never knew there was a package for me, like Simon. <laughs> so I never knew about that. So I was just, we were just talking about salary and things like that. So, so I said no. And then I stayed in Nigeria one week. So one week is left now. I said two weeks, right? So I had to meet up this thing. So one week has gone. So I've spent so much money. You know how it is in Nigeria when we go back home, friends, family, I've spent, I mean, my house, people will, when I wake up 6 a.m., people are waiting. My gate, some people are waiting outside. My security is telling me that people are waiting. Some people are waiting in my sitting room. Some people are waiting in my uh, guest sitting room. Some people are waiting in my dining room. Some people are waiting on my, my, just outside my garden. People are just, I mean, and everybody is coming for problem. And so, Boma, you understand? So, literally, I've, I can tell you many times when I go to Nigeria, I, I struggle to meet up appointment. By the time I come upstairs, when I leave my, my room, come upstairs, downstairs to the visitor's parlor, I meet like 25 people. And I said, I'll see you tomorrow. No, 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 meet me today, or uh, give me, give me your account number. So by the time I, five minutes here, 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 I miss my appointment. So several times I've missed appointments, several times. And because you, you, you don't want to be rude to people, you don't want people to see you as a snob. So, yeah. so, so this period, I remember that I said, oh, I have one week left. This is a good time to run away from Nigeria. <laughs> Go somewhere else and do a holiday. And when I'm finished with them, and I, no, thank you so much. I'm not interested. And then from there, I moved to <laughs> the clubs that I actually had in mind. So that was my plan. That was why I planned to come to, come to Sweden. So I said, okay. And I told the guy said, I will not pay for my ticket. They should pay for my ticket. And they called me and said, no problem. I said, okay, these guys are going to pay for my ticket. They're going to pay for the hotel. I'm going to stay for one week. So one week, I will save money. I will no longer be spending the money I will spend in Nigeria. I will be in the hotel. I will train. So when I finish training with them, I just shake hands. I said, I don't like the offer. And then I go. Off I go. So when I came, over, after one, four days, the coach liked me so much. His name was Roland Nielsen. He's the most capped Swedish player. He played in Premier League and coached a Premier League team. Also, too. Roland Nielsen, the most sweet capped Swedish player. Yeah. He played 150 yeah. and played US 94. He's the right back. He was their right back player. So, so I came, he welcomed me so much, and he had this experience to welcome professionals. He's been abroad, played in the UK for, for so many years. So he's the warm welcome that I received from him made me begin to, you know, like the place and things like that. So when I trained with them four days, I did so well and he liked me so much. And he said to me, I really like you. I would like to have a discussion with you on negotiation Monday. And so right in my mind, I said, oh, no problem. I know you guys, I said it to myself, I know you guys can't meet my needs. So on Monday, we sat in the office. Before on Monday, I went to the church 
So I said, I can't find myself in Sweden on Sunday and I don't go to church. Let me just look for a church to go. So I, I searched for an international church, speaking English-speaking church. So I found one, so I took a taxi. I went to the church. So when I went to the church, I got inside. So they were just doing worship. So why they were worshiping? But my dad was the first time I heard the voice of God very clear. And I heard it. This is where you're going to stay and this is where you're going to live. So I, I opened my eyes and I looked beside me. The young man and the young woman beside me, they were just raising their hands up. And I knew that was the first time I heard the voice of God very audibly, loud and clear. So I started crying. I'm like, why is God trying to settle me down in a place that I'm not preparing for? And he knows that I will not say no. Why is he settling me down? So I cried. When the service was finished, I went outside, called a taxi to go back to my hotel, rang the taxi. So while I was running, ringing the taxi, that was when I got a call from Sedan, FC Sedan. Your flight is 8 a.m. tomorrow <laughs> for medical. Right there. So I was quiet. And then the, the sport director, the agent was, and the sport director was like, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Why are you not saying anything? I'm like, sorry, I'm not, I can't come again. Okay. So why? I said, I have chosen Sweden. And he <coughs> said so many nasty words to me. How could you choose Sweden compared to France? You must be a very strict player. And I said, well, I agree with you. Whatever you say, I understand your pain, but my heart is staying here. So the next day it was on Monday. So I went to the office and the, the chairman of the club brought a file and just just flipped it to my side on the table. I opened the file and I saw the offer. When I saw the sign-on fee, which was not included, I was flabbergasted. I was like, what? So I could get such here in Sweden. So I was mind, it was a mind-blowing. So they actually provided actually what I wanted. So that was how I stayed in Sweden. So that's when I begin to understand that God had a plan for me. So I wasn't surprised later and my spiritual life and the calling and so, but then God was just, was just part and part, like a chapter that was open and open. So I see that he had a great plan for me. And that was how I stayed in Sweden and I had a wonderful time. And I loved the country and I was so pleased and so happy. It was a good place for family. And when my wife came here, she loved someone to to settle down and call our second home and Sweden was not less. Wow. Wow. <clears throat> I'm glad it worked out for you because you spent time there and ended up playing there and retiring there. You know, everything worked out, which is good. So 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 now I think you are you're you're done with football playing. You're now you're officially a scout. And I know you had mentioned your son also plays, you know, which is yeah. good. He's doing very well, which is also very good. Yes, yes. my son, my sons, all of them play. All of them play. All of them play. All of them play, all of them play football, and they are very, they are very, they are actually very good. They are, they are talents. All of them. Four of my sons. One is a goalkeeper. Uh, two, twins twice. Uh, Emmanuel plays. Uh, uh, Shalom, 16 years place, and then the twins, the last twins, 10 years old, one goalkeeper, one striker. They play for the best academy and the best 10 years selected points in Sweden. Mm. 
Yes. Are you there, Goma? That's so cool. They're following. They're following Daddy's footsteps. <laughs> I think for my dad, so following your I footsteps, which is beautiful. So it's so beautiful. So I see. Oh, it's, it's been great, man. I tell you what, it's, it's really been good having you. Um, there are a lot of people, even the young players I deal with in Nigeria, they can. Can you hear me? Yes, I hear you. Hello. I hear you. I hear you, Boma. I hear you. Prince, can you hear me? I, yeah, I hear you. I think you have you have some trouble on your end with the video. Can you hear me? Yes, I hear you. I hear you. I can hear you. Can you, you can hear me? hear me now? Yes. I can hear you. Yeah, yeah. Okay, great. Okay. No, no, yeah, yeah. You, you were saying that they're following your footsteps, right? I took from my dad. My dad was an ex-player, so they so it's a generation thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That, that is so cool, man. That is so cool. I tell you what, my brother, I have to come to Sweden to see you, come to Stockholm. Denmark. Which which you which you've educated me on. I didn't even know it was the capital of Scandinavia. I've been to, you know, I've been to Denmark several times, but I've never and you know it's funny when I was in Copenhagen, I could just see Malmo across that bridge. Yes, Sweden. Right. <laughs> right? But I never crossed over to uh Sweden. Because I know some people in Denmark, so I go to Denmark. But um, you know, but I'll come check out Sweden. Man. Definitely. You know, I'll definitely come check out Stockholm. You know, my brother, thank you so much. Thank, thank you so you. much. It's been fun having you, man. I tell you, it's been so much fun. And thank I appreciate you. your time. Thank you, Boma. Thank you, Boma.